today's show. The only you hear a little, little excitement in that Clifford voice. I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's close. Like Xbox on. No, Xbox on. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. Let go. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Hornets. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from the home studios here in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by someone who always, always rocks the vote, David Walker. Got to do it. Got to get out there and do it, Doug. Make your voice heard. That's right. And it's early voting time here in North Carolina. Starts today. Starts, in fact, right now when we're recording, 8 o'clock AM. If you go to our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash locked on Hornets, we posted some links to some information if you're in Charlotte on how to early vote and uh, an FAQ page. If you're an early voter in all of North Carolina, you can get some information about how to register. It's interesting. You can same day register if you early vote, but registration for election day, that deadline has already passed. So if you're not mm. registered yet, you can get same day registered and early vote. Early vote. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Go do it. Yeah, definitely uh, exercise uh, your rights as an American citizen and get out there and rock the vote. Okay, let's uh, talk some basketball. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Panthers fans, head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked On NBA with host David Locke. If you have a question, a comment, or you want to sponsor the show, email us at buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. The Hornets are getting set to take on the Miami Heat tonight in Charlotte. They'll tip things off at 7 o'clock p.m. I won't call it a rematch from last year's first-round playoff series, David, because A, it's preseason, and B, who knows what rotation players will play at this point. Neither team has really given a hint as to what they're going to do in this particular game. We'll have more information on that on uh, Twitter, so uh, check that out when those lineups come out and see there have been a lot of roster changes for both teams in the offseason. So both of these teams looking slightly different. For the Heat, the biggest change was obviously losing their franchise cornerstone, their future Hall of Famer, and the player that really turned the tide of last year's playoff series. I'm, of course, talking about Dwayne Wade, who the Hornets got to look at on Monday night in Chicago. They have also lost or chosen not to use the services of Chris Bosh. A lot of controversy surrounding that decision Bosch wants to play. Doctors say he should not because of a blood clot issue. And in fact, he has not been cleared to uh, get back on the court. Doesn't seem like at this point he will ever play in a heat uniform again. They also lose veteran offensive weapons, Lawal Ding and Joe Johnson. This is a very young team, David, but still, you know, if you just look at the starting lineup, it's still a very athletic team. Yeah, now, Doug, I looked at the injury report right before this. It looks like several guys are out. Do we know if there's still injury concerns? I mean, you know, concerns going into this game tonight for the Heat. 
Yeah, a lot of game time decisions for the Miami Heat. James Johnson, uh, backup power forward, uh, game time decision with an ankle injury. Josh McRoberts dealing with a foot injury. He's a game time decision. As I said, Josh Richardson uh, expected to be out at least until October 28th with a knee issue. Luke Babbitt, uh, game time decision. Hassan Whiteside, game time decision. And Justice Winslow, game time decision with a uh, back issue. So yeah, dealing probably with some of those nagging preseason injuries. And they're not the only ones. Let's move to the Hornets' side of the ledger. The Hornets dealing with a few injuries of their own. Cody Zeller suffered another setback to his recovery from his bone bruise injury over the weekend. That prevented him from playing Monday night. Sounds like uh, from practice yesterday, that setback continued through the week. Uh, don't expect him. He's he's pretty much out for the preseason. And uh, don't expect to see him at the beginning of the season either because he has not as uh, Coach Clifford pointed out at practice, he hasn't had any opportunity uh, to really get out there in the preseason or in training camp and get ready for this season. So he's going to have to take some time uh, to really get back into game shape and and get ready before uh, Coach Clifford would uh, get him out on the court. So uh, no real timetable, but uh, expect him to be out at least uh, through uh, the the first portion of the season. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvin Williams has a broken middle finger on his left hand, a non-shooting hand. Coach Clifford said he most likely will not play in the preseason, the remainder of the preseason, last two games here. But he should be ready for next week, Wednesday's season opener. Uh, Marvin Williams seemed very optimistic. He can catch a ball. He just can't bend the finger quite yet. But he seemed confident that he would be back out on the floor. He said he's played with uh, much, much worse. Despite the injuries the Hornets have dealt with over training camp and preseason, Coach Clifford seems upbeat about the team's prospects heading into next week. I think that we've had an up-and-down training camp, a lot of it health-related, but I believe that the last, uh, I would say since after the Boston, the second Boston game, it's been really good. I mean, we're a lot better than we were at that point. So Clifford optimistic and, and, you know, it just shows the progress of the training camp. They, and and you could see it in the different games, David, first couple of games through that second Boston game, they looked disorganized. The ball wasn't moving cleanly and there, there, there weren't a lot of sets, offensive sets, especially that you went and looked at and went, okay, yeah, this, this team is looking sharp, but over the past few games, especially in the first halves, you know, they've looked really good. Yeah, I mean, you, don't you hear a little, little excitement in that Clifford voice? I mean, he, he's usually very even keel, not like he was jumping out of his chair or anything in that clip there. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, he sounds upbeat and excited, and uh, at the very least, positive uh, in the way the direction is going with his team. And he's right. I mean, we've talked about those first two Boston games, how odd they look, just how you know fractured the team looked, and then the change. You started to see the Minnesota game, and then as soon as they came back from the break. The, uh, the the following play, and especially the Chicago game, they looked so much better. So you just want to see that continue. And we've said, you know, they're getting down to the end of these preseason games. So the starters' minutes, maybe after tonight, will start to go down a little bit, especially, you know, we're starting to see some injury concerns, and, and some of those guys are obviously not going to play. But I think it's a good sign that Clifford is upbeat about this group. Um, he's been critical of some guys at times, and they've appeared to respond. So um, it's a good sign, I think. Yeah, I mean, injury concerns, sure, but they haven't had, you know, knock on wood, they haven't had a major injury similar mm-hmm. to last mm-hmm. season with with MKG. And you look across this team, and he's got a group of guys that are all motivated to play 
well, and they, they're all in game shape. They're all ready to go. They're not waiting for one player in particular, a major part of the team, to really you know, get into gear. I mean, everybody is just sort of ready for this regular season to begin. I don't know if you could say yeah. that for the previous couple of seasons. So yeah. uh, I think that's think, why he's excited. Do you think it has anything to do with there are no rookies on this team? I mean, you know, real draft. Oh, listen, I mean, yeah. Deal with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Clifford made a point of, of saying that at media day. He prefers uh, veterans because they pick up things faster. And it normally, you know, if they're professionals – which is what the Hornets seek out. They seek out players who who act and and carry themselves professionally. They're ready to go, and you know you don't have to because if one you know again basketball is uh, in my mind because there's only five players on the court and they all have to work together. It's it's you know one of in my mind it's it's the most team of team sports, uh, and if one guy isn't locked in, it has a ripple effect on on the rest of of the rotation. Uh, on the on the entire roster, so uh, I think he's just I think he's pleased because there there are ten players on this on this team right now who, despite the injuries that have occurred, are ready to go for the regular season. Let's talk about some players to watch uh, on the Heat side. A, a lot will depend on who plays, of course, uh, to watch tonight. But just in terms of the Heat overall, I think you have to look at Goran Dragic, a carryover from last season. He's averaging 12.8 points, 6.4 assists, and 2.8 rebounds per game on 51.9% shooting over the preseason. He's also the subject of some recent trade rumors on the Miami Heat side, so you wonder if he does play tonight, how that will affect him. And then also Willie Reed has stepped in, as I said, for Hassan Whiteside the past few games. He had 16 points, 8 of 11 from the field to go with 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal across 29 minutes in Tuesday's 107-77 preseason win over the Orlando Magic. Who are you watching on the Hornets side tonight, David? Um, I'm going to be looking at our boy always, uh, Jeremy Lamb, to see what he does tonight, see if he can continue some of that motivating play, especially on defense that we saw. And another guy I think I'm looking at uh, who should be starting in place of Marvin Williams is Frank Kaminsky. Seems like he plays better as a starter, or maybe that's just my feeling. He started that second half in Chicago and certainly looked better than he did in the first half. You know, he didn't start too many games last year. I think only three all of last season. So super small sample size, hard to compare his play versus his play off the bench. But second year guy, we've said there's going to be a lot asked of Frank or, or if he can produce, that'd be a big boost for this team. So I'm going to look for Frank, especially if he's starting to see what kind of difference that makes for him. If he can be aggressive from the get go, you know, he's talked about not letting the little stuff get to him. So that would be a big boost, I think. If he can come out and have a good showing, maybe have a have a good game as a starter, that would be nice. Yeah, you talked about those three starts last season, and it was a small sample size, but I'm going to do the comparison anyway. In those three starts, yeah. he averaged 11 points, five rebounds, one assist, 1.3 assists. You compare that to uh, his uh, the rest of his play, 7.3 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, 1.2 assists. Offensive rating went up 108 versus 103 when he did not start. His usage percentage goes up uh, almost four points when he starts versus uh, when he does not. True shooting percentage goes up uh, to 0.54 versus 0.51. His three-point percentage, 36.4% versus 33.5% when he's on the bench. 
And then overall field goal percentage, 46.7% in those three starts, 40.6%. So there are some big jumps uh, when he started those three games last season. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Kaminsky needs some time, needs some space to shoot those three-pointers. And he's going to get that in the starting unit because there are players like, you know, Nick Batum and uh, Kimball Walker who are going to draw attention away from Frank Kaminsky. And he's going to get the time uh, necessary to get up his uh, a clean look from the three point line. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I mean, be watching Frank Kaminsky as well. And I mean, that was his role, especially his last year at Wisconsin. Right? I mean, he was a go to guy. They ran so much of that offense through him. So he's used to being a focal point. And so that's an adjustment. I mean, that's an adjustment he had to make last year an adjustment that he probably continues to still make, right? Um, and a lot of that's mindset, as he's talked about. And he's, as you mentioned, he's playing with better players in the starting unit. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops because you got to imagine, Doug, I mean, uh, you know, Zeller, look at the two guys that are out right now. We don't expect that to linger, especially from Marvin. But if those two guys are out at times this this, uh, this season, he could start, and he's certainly going to see minutes regardless. So he's got to be effective. It'll be interesting to see how, well, and I don't know if Roy Hibbert will get the start. Again, we don't know how many of the starters are actually going to get minutes. If I had to guess, I, I still think that some of the starters get to play in this one, just probably limited time. Uh, the Hornets still haven't made any cuts yet, so I expect to see a lot out of uh, some of the fringe guys looking to make a roster spot. But if Roy Hibbert does get the start alongside Kaminsky, I'm interested to see how that plays out because you want to get more post touches for Frank but Roy Hibbert can only exist in the post. Uh, And so that seems like it would get a little crowded. And then, you know, if you have a choice between running a pick and roll with Roy Hibbert and running one with Frank Kaminsky, I feel like Roy Hibbert gets the advantage over there just because of how big he is. Uh, We've seen how much of an advantage it gives uh, guys like Kimball Walker and Nick Batum to get free when they have that big body setting the pick for them. So that will be an interesting thing to watch as well, that relationship between Frank Kaminsky and Roy Hibbert. Always, I will say this, always nice to have two seven-footers out on the court for you at one time. Uh, It can never hurt. Yeah. Uh, Here's something interesting that I picked up on Sports Illustrated. Did a long interview with Dwayne Wade about uh, the moment he decided to leave the Heat. And I wanted to get your thought on this. Uh, Here's a quote from Dwayne Wade in that article. This is the moment that he decided he was leaving the Miami Heat. I was sitting in my manager's room and I was thinking about this moment, this decision. I knew that Miami wanted me to make a decision by midnight that night, and I start saying, who am I making this decision for? Once I realized I was making this decision for me, I wanted to be selfish for once. That's a very it's a very interesting, first of all, it's honest, but it's a very interesting quote there from Dwayne Wade. Yeah, does it feel like we're getting more of these stories after the fact this year? I mean, I guess we are. There's so much more coverage, right? But you had the KD stuff come out. Of course, all these are big deals when you're talking about these superstars moving around. But I can't recall in past years just, you know, the the backstories coming out after the offseason, you know, as we get cranked up as much. But um, Yeah, and just about Pat Riley. I just feel like the yeah. the sort of aftermath of him trying to rebuild another team. And we're we're sort of in mm-hmm. the middle of oh, maybe his process of building that team now, and there are have been some definitely some growing pains. But what I don't know, I can't believe that the Miami Heat, or really Pat Riley, gave Dwayne Wade a time limit. 
I mean, this is this is the anti Kobe Bryant treatment from the Miami Heat to their Hall of Famer, their franchise cornerstone, the man that brought a championship to Miami before LeBron James ever sniffed Miami. Yeah, I guess he's probably below. You think he's below Alonzo, like in the Heat all-time pecking order? I mean, just like Mr. Heat guys. I don't think so. I mean, it's close. It's really. I think Dwayne. I I think Dwayne Wade is. I think yeah. The last couple years. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Especially the last couple years. And they showed they they showed the man the door and gave him a demonstration on how to walk out of it. I mean, I it just and you said you said last show, David, that it was a players' league, And, and I think that this shows that it's really it's not really a players' league. It's it's you have to be some level above Hall of Famer because Dwayne Wade is unquestionably a Hall of Famer and he had no yeah. leverage against Pat Riley. You have to be that Kobe Bryant. Unqu- you have to bring a, a level of superstardom that not even Dwayne Wade could achieve to be above the brass in the NBA. Very interesting. Those two scenarios. I mean, just 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 opposite different decisions you know what i mean um and of course the lakers got plenty of criticism for doing it that way but i mean yeah you look at how <laughs> you look at the opposite right how how it played out now where especially where the heat are um and just it's odd man uh, you know as much as he did for miami much as he did for that area and the type of basketball player he was yeah i mean it's super interesting to hear that and, and, and then you you mix in the fact that it's pat riley as you mentioned it's not something that we would have expected to see certainly nothing he mentioned to me that day on the streets of downtown charlotte when oh yeah before he didn't the, give you the uh, inside scoop there we didn't really get into it right. he didn't give me a yeah i couldn't couldn't get a feel Jeez. for which way he was leaning so all right well it, it, yeah it, it's it's a tough situation there in Miami, and as you said, it's not often in this past decade that they've had a bad offseason, and it's part of what's yeah. feeding into the Goran Dragic trade rumors because, look, if they're going to be bad, then you know acquiring some future assets for Goran Dragic could play into the Miami Heat's hand. But I'm sure they'll they'll start this season, and they've got a lot of young talent. Uh, again, they've got the you know, Hassan Whiteside once Josh Richardson gets back, I mean, and Justice Winslow. I mean, they've got some young talent. But you know they would have to play far and above better because offensively they're going to struggle. Defensively they're going yeah. to be a beast. Offensively, uh, you, where's the outside shooting? Where's the playmaking going to come from other than Goran Dragic? Uh, that will be something to watch. Hey, let's talk about some free stuff as we end the show here. Hornets giveaways to be exact. The Hornets have not released their full slate of game giveaways for this next season. But Darren Rovell of ESPN got the scoop on one very interesting giveaway, one that I know David will love. The Hornets set to hand out starting lineup action figures to fans who come out for the February 11th contest against the Los Angeles Clippers. Starting lineup action figures, for those not familiar, are a retro toy of sorts. The Alonzo Morning LJ Muggsy Hornets got their starting lineup treatment back in the early 90s. That will be an exciting addition to the studio, David. Uh, well, first of all, do you own the Alonzo Morning uh, Larry Johnson Muggsy starting lineup set? Del Curry also in there. No, I think all of my starting lineups have been retired or have otherwise been acquired by other franchises at this point. But that, starting lineups were super cool, Doug. Did you? Did, were you? That, was that in your wheelhouse? Was that? Uh, your it can It was a little early in the in the game for me. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. honestly. I didn't pick up sports probably until. 
like maybe middle of middle school. So that would have been like 90, late nineties. So I think oh it was a little God, past my, imagine. yeah, it was a little past my time, but here's an interesting question, David, if they made a starting lineup action figure of you right now, yeah, what would you yeah. be, what would you be doing? What would, what's your pose? Oh man, my pose. Oh, cause like all of them are like, yeah, they like all have some like kind of action shot. shot. Yeah. Either me making a layup, dunking something. Oh, well at this point in my career, it'd probably be like setting a screen. <laughs> that'd be a good one right <laughs> just really like you're squared up hands to the chest yeah. you're it's not right. a moving screen this is a very this is a very solid screen i like that you know what mine would be mine would be me yelling at my xbox my connect like xbox on no xbox on yeah that would be my that would be my be, pose it would is there any way you can like put a, a little little tablet or something a little Twitter tool in our hands, and then, then we're just sitting on the couch, right? Yeah, just tweeting, just bigger. sort of slunched, yeah, uh, yeah slouched over, uh, <laughs> hunched over our phones, uh, twittering. Yeah, that's us. All right, well, uh, <laughs> tweet us what your that that's a good uh, tweet us on uh, Locked On Hornets at Locked On Hornets on Twitter. What would your starting lineup action figure pose be? Uh, it, it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be life, whatever whatever you think your starting lineup action figure would be. Let us know on Twitter at Locked on Hornets, and, and we'll read some on Friday. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. As I just said, subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again to wrap up the week, and uh, we'll recap the Heat and the Hornets tonight. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go vote. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't play